served with hoorah. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Hello, and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. As you know, we added the mailbag episodes last year, and I am so glad we did because hearing your opinions and expertise has really inspired me and the community as a whole. I can see it in the Instagram comments and the Discord comments, so I really, really appreciate it. I will link to the Instagram, Discord, and Facebook community in the description for this week's episode. We are doing these mailbags every week as we wait to start season 10. On today's show, we're going to finally get through all of your emails. We're going to read an email from a farmer. We're going to read an email about someone who who is involved in the fire movement in New Zealand. And we're going to also read a bunch of emails that you guys sent about working from home. In the second half of our show, we're going to read an Apple review, a Discord comment, and to talk about our patrons. So let's start out with our first email, which is from Kath in Texas, all about investing and fossilfreefunds.org. So here we go. Hi, Gabby. I opened a Vanguard account last year. Side note, if anyone has an IRA with Vanguard, I made the mistake of putting money in the account without actually investing it in a fund. This Reddit post has a step-by-step guide I followed after six months of wondering why I was only making two cents a month. And then I'll put a link to the Reddit post that she sent in the description for this episode. But yes, you can't just put money in the account. You also have to invest it. I've made that mistake too. Anyway, as a result, I've been thinking about what to invest in. And y'all have been talking about ethical investing and checking how ETFs and mutual funds, that's electronically traded funds, ETFs, and mutual funds are rated on third-party websites for things like fossil fuels. I did end up investing in an ESG ETF. ESG stands for Environmental, Societal, and Governance, which we will actually be getting to in an upcoming episode that is coming out really soon. I'm very excited about that one, actually. So Kath says, this ETF has a B rating on fossilfreefunds.org if you're keeping score, but I don't really agree with the premise of ethical investing in the first place. First of all, based on my understanding, you're buying shares from other investors, not the company itself. So investing in a public company doesn't mean you're giving them money. It's not like I'm a venture capital firm deciding which startups are getting funding. Those are huge companies already. They got their stacks of money well before I started investing. My second issue is that restricting yourself to specific funds based on what you think you're supposed to do could be really limiting. By all means, don't invest in something that'll make your skin crawl. But personally, I believe that money made from investments would allow me to do a lot more tangible good. Mutual aid, donating to local political campaigns here in Texas, buying from companies I support and avoiding companies I don't, helping friends and family. Focusing too much on ethical investing feels like I'm trying to pat myself on the back or avoid seeming like a finance bro, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Just wanted to provide a different perspective because I think ethical investing has been treated as an obvious choice, but it's not one size fits all. Love the show. Thank you for everything you do. Best, Kath. Well, guess what, Kath? We are actually doing an episode all about ESG funds coming up really soon. It actually might be our premiere. And I cannot wait for you to hear that one and let me know what you think. We're going to do a lot more episodes about investing also next season because uh, it truly isn't one size fits all. And it's also something that I've become hyper fixated on. Okay. Hi, Gabby. I love the show and I have learned so, so much. Please keep this anonymous. I am a farmer. We aren't all bad, I promise. On our farm, we use practices that help improve soil health and contribute to putting carbon back into the ground. I had not heard that farmers were bad. So thank you for getting out ahead of the bad press, but I hadn't heard that at all. Anyway, I am a farmer. I have just bought my dad out of the business. 
Farming is a very expensive business to get into. For example, just one used tractor can easily cost six figures. Many people say you cannot be a farmer unless you have been born into it. This is because the barrier to entry is so high. So I want to fully acknowledge my privilege that I am taking over a fully functioning business and my dad has helped me out by gifting me some of the assets. I am very privileged to be able to be loaned that kind of money and my loan officers have assured me that this is good debt, quote unquote good debt. I am now in so much debt that it does not even seem like a real number. We are talking millions, millions, Gabby. That's in all caps. I can't sleep at night thinking about how it is such a huge number and how old I will be by the time I will be able to pay them off. Will I even live that long? So my question, how can I learn to mentally deal with the debt? The debt will be with me for a long time and I have to be able to buy things and live my life in the meantime. Any tips or tricks to rationalize how to put it in the back of my mind or how to cope with the weight of the amount? Thanks, Anonymous. You can say she, her because yay, women in blue collar fields. (laughs) I think you have to just think about it as your life is moving forward. You're working in this business. This is something that you've committed to doing that you want to do. And life has to go on. I think staying present and grounded in the everyday activities that you need to do to run this business, which I think will probably be really time consuming for you. I think you have to think about that and not about the future. But I don't know if someone else knows more about the debt that comes with farming, please write in. I would love to be able to give anonymous more solid information in terms of mental health wise. And you can tell me to screw off because, you know, maybe I just don't know your situation. But I truly think that if you're so busy doing this thing that you love, then you shouldn't be concerned with money that you owe because you're right. Like, I think people feel a lot of shame in terms of debt and they feel like, well, I'm not a good person if I don't pay this off. But like, to me, if you die with it, it's no longer your problem. <laughs> like, I understand that there's this self-worth aspect, but you're you're a business, you're working, you know, you took this out for a reason. And I think you just have to live day by day and not think about everything you do in terms of paying back money, especially because it's money you took out to continue to run the business. That's my two cents. Let me know if you have more expertise in this area and you want to write in and give Anonymous some actually solid advice. Okay. Hey, Gabby. I'm writing in as an American millennial who grew up relatively poor. I am now living the socialist dream in New Zealand. Four weeks paid vacation for everyone, $20 minimum wage, socialized medicine, and I'm personally making a great salary. Damn, New Zealand. (laughs) We thought you had it all with Lord of the Rings filming there, but you truly have it all. I would love to go on a Lord of the Rings tour, by the way. Is that the most annoying thing someone can say about New Zealand? Anyway, okay. Anyways, I've become a little obsessed with reading fire blogs and have some thoughts from my perspective as an American in socialist paradise. One, the FIRE movement is mostly an American thing and a symptom of the ridiculous lack of work-life balance in the U.S., with many people concluding that opting out is the only way to get back personal time. An example of this is the huge FIRE sub-movement among doctors. I totally get it because I wouldn't want to work 12-hour days and be on call all the time either, even if I did make 400k a year. Maybe the U.S. should just have reasonable working hours and vacation time for everyone? Two, A great thing about the FIRE movement is that it normalizes a frugal lifestyle and consuming less, even for the well-off. Capitalism is fueled by us all buying more shit, often stuff we don't need, even though it's killing the planet. Our capitalist ways shame less consumerist ways of living, e.g. buying used, selling stuff you don't need, driving an older car, or even, gasp, choosing to bike instead of owning a car. Looking at Gabby's mom, who said selling stuff you don't need is shameful a few few seasons back. Ah! Yeah, my, you know... We've talked on this show a lot about how my parents have influenced my money mental health. So 
<sighs> anyway, Nadine says, fire is a great antidote to this. You're right. Selling stuff you don't need is not shameful, and I do it all the time. The reality is that many people in lower wage manual labor jobs, such as construction, cleaners, gardeners, etc., may not easily be able to work to 65 and will need to retire early out of necessity. Growing up relatively poor, my dad worked in a manual labor job and had no knowledge of how to plan for an earlier than normal retirement. Let's normalize fire for these people, not just Silicon Valley bros. Thanks for your work. Hope you don't mind me bringing up your mom, Nadine. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, when we return, we will read emails that you guys sent about working from home. And we're going to also read an Apple review, Discord comment, and uh, say hi to the patrons. And then I will let you go into your weekend. Okay, we're back from H. It says, Hi, Gabby. I'm autistic, and for me, working from home has transformed my entire personal life. I've worked 40 to 50 more often than not hours a week since I was 18, and I could never manage to exit work with enough energy to tackle dinner, much less call my dad to say hey. Every moment off was spent trying to recover from exhaustion. Having to dress for an office environment was nearly unbearable, and I was constantly spending money trying to figure out how I could look presentable and dress comfortably for my sensory needs. I hate hallway small talk, and I always felt bad turning down post-work hangout invites. Working from home allowed me the energy to actually enjoy and participate in my life. For the first time legitimately ever, I feel like I'm able to manage my mental and general well-being and have the energy to do things I want to do, even simple stuff like read comics and watch TV with my roommates without zoning out. I never want to go back to the office if I can help it, and I would have had no idea that working from home would transform my life and energy levels so much had I not found a post-lockdown remote opportunity. My company wants to bring my team into the office for vibes or whatever, but they can't catch me. I moved across the country with their equipment. Cheers. P.S. I always listen same day now. H. Thank you so much for listening same day. As, as everybody knows by now, if you listen to the podcast on the day of, it helps us get on the charts. So thank you. Yes. Oh my God. Really rang true for me when you talked about dressing comfortably for sensory needs. Cannot be overstated how important that is. Okay. This is an email from Robert and says, hi, Gabby, UK listener of Bad With Money here. I'm so glad that you talked about the advantages and disadvantages of working from home. As someone with epilepsy, hydrocephalus, and dyspraxia, finding work that suits me isn't easy. I found good and bad parts of remote working from being able to work flexibly without the need to pay for a bus fare for four buses every day to the rather more negative impact on my mental health. Four buses? Jesus. As someone who is also neurodivergent, I also enjoyed you talking about the issues around this. Recently, due to inaccessible employment and invisible discrimination for my invisible disabilities, I've decided to focus on studying, but your discussions around disability and learning difficulties gave me hope. Regardless, I love the podcast, but I'm afraid to say that as much as I try to listen on the day, I have spent some time catching up on old episodes. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Robert. You guys don't have to be worried. I just am suggesting you listen on the day, but I do enjoy when you go through the back catalog, I promise. So here is a follow-up Discord comment from Tom, who in the last mailbag episode talked about life insurance. So this is what he said in regard to an explanation as to why there should be a life insurance episode, which maybe we would do. Tom says, I'd love an episode discussing life insurance. I've had cancer in the past, and I currently have a possible recurrence waiting on scans right now. Oh, good luck. I wish you so much luck. Okay. I considered life insurance in the past, but I assumed no one would cover me with a history of cancer, and even if they would, I couldn't afford the premiums. Now that there's a high likelihood the cancer has returned, I wish I'd looked properly at life insurance. I've been thinking a lot about what my family will do when I die and trying to prepare so they won't be left with debts, funeral bills, etc. This is so... 
picked up that this is something that people have to think about in this country. I know the death episode touched on a lot of this, but an episode about the history of life insurance and whether it is useful for most people would be really interesting. Tom, thank you so much for sharing all of that and shining a light on some stuff that is really (sighs) unnecessary. Um, And I don't know why anyone goes into debt for a funeral. It's really awful. We did an episode also talking about cancer with my friend H. Allen Scott, if you can find his episode. And we also have a cancer episode coming up too for next season. So you're kind of uh, right on the pulse of what we're going to be talking about on this show. Okay, this is a five-star Apple review from Jen with one N. I appreciate that as a Gabby with one B. Best financial and fun podcast. I've been listening to Bad With Money for years and I'm always learning new things from it. My dad worked in finance, and I actually briefly worked in finance as well right after graduate school, so I'm generally familiar with financial terminology. But Gabby's podcast is amazing because they not only break down these concepts so I can really understand them, they bring in guests who have new and unique perspectives on these issues. They are so encouraging, funny, and brilliant. Aww. This podcast is great for financial novices as well as, oh sure, yeah, I know what that means, financial adjunct fakers like me. <laughs> I like financial adjunct fakers. That should be like a on merch maybe, on a pillow or a mug. Okay, and finally, I want to give a shout out to our newest patrons, Stephanie and Sarah. Uh, You can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn for bonus content from the episodes, videos from the interviews that I do with our highly esteemed guests. That's a wink, wink reference to my other podcast. And for essays about my life, Q&As, also exclusive merch. So that is patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. Okay, I think I am mostly through your emails. You can send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. One brave person named Tyler just did it, and then they were freaking out on the Discord about hearing their voice. So if you want to be like Tyler, please send me a voice memo or a voicemail. It's really fun when I can hear your voices, although I do love reading the emails. Be sure to join in on the discussion wherever you hang out. We are on Discord, Facebook, Instagram. Everything will be linked in the episode description. I hope you guys have a great week. Okay, thanks. Bye. Done.